still wild, still somehow civilized with his bone and his bowl and his little chocolate eyes. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. Podcast! The songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is Stephen James Young, and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, it's Andrew McDonald. Very happy to be here. It's Adam Buncher. I'm pretty happy to be here. And Nathan Harrison? Very happy. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> I, thought you were gonna, I thought we were declining. Yeah, yeah, like, I hate like, it. Yeah, cool, you just throw me under the bus. <laughs> this is like, I am I'm going to set this up scale. so Nathan is in a terrible way. <laughs> Nathan is called Yes and. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, people. We are so goddamn close. I can feel it in my mm, fucking waters. The pointy end. Oh, it's getting real pointy. It's getting real crisp. And uh, speaking of pointy and crisp, let's talk about... Uh, Dogs? Yeah. This guy gets it. (laughs) I I don't. I was just yes ending. (laughs) You committed to the bit, and that's why you're a good improviser. Thanks. Welcome back to Whose Line Is It Anyway? Coming in at number 20, it's the Foves. This is the return of the Foves into the countdown, and this is their song, Dogs Are The Best People. Hottest 100 Dogs Are The Best People We have someone that owns two of them Two of the best people It's Mr. Andrew McDonald (laughs) Whoa, whoa, hang on (laughs) Shut it down (laughs) Excuse me? Well, you don't own uh, I I am staunchly anti-slavery Yeah Get that on the record Um, So you're saying dogs aren't people? (laughs) Oh I'm saying I don't own them Dig up, stupid I I, I live with a couple Uh How Um, you yes and this Yeah Yes. Back so soon, the foes. Good. Yeah. Um, we all liked last time we spoke about them. Like, yeah. Inauspiciously groovy. Yeah. yeah. And and this is a song that like I've known. I've never downloaded a foes track or purchased a foes CD or had them on a compilation. But I've known this song like forever. Just just through Triple J presence. I think it must have just hooked into my head when I was a kid, and I've always just known this song. Like to the point where I've never even thought to myself, I should go listen to that song because I've just always kind of known it in the background. The 
fuzzy as hell guitar, so like way too heavy, like that it should be in a great way. Like the funness of Self Abuser is obviously there, and this yeah. I think even ups that more. And it just like similar in terms of songwriting ideas, just like. What's a cool idea for a song? Oh man, I really like having a dog. That's a cool idea for a song. Yeah, yeah. And it's clearly like much like self abuser. It's like it's not even worth picking apart. Just like as somebody with two dogs, and I empathetically under their sorry, thumb are they dogs paws. or are they people? Like can, dogs. Can we, They're can dogs. we get this on the record? <laughs> as Peter Singer says, they are non-human people. Um, <laughs> um, lyrics like I forgive you anything when I look into his eyes. It's like yeah, man. Like that is who I yeah. am. Like it is. There are obviously impracticalities with like pet ownership that's just part of like, like it, it limits your like personhood in terms of what you what you're free to do but like i do like there the benefits that i get from owning from dogs i far away the negatives and mm. i do and like this is just a song that appeals to that side of me so like, i'm obviously going to go in hard as hell for this song i really ride for it it's heaps fun and it just all the joys of dog ownership that like that he that he rambles off it is exactly what I feel whenever all the lyrics in there I'm like yes I feel that exactly as a dog owner it's just fucking joyful it's like the lyrics aren't crafted as much you know what I mean yeah. like you could you could believe that the first thing he came out with was just like yeah that is That's you know it. like you don't need yeah and I think that's this is like ready, a, to go. ready to go yeah, yeah like, that's like a beautiful thing about the phone. Yeah, right, right, right on like a cocktail napkin at the bar, and that was done by the time you finished the beer, like that <laughs> yeah, kind of song. Yeah. Or yeah. like, or like, just you know the the kind of thing where bands write placeholder lyrics while they're jamming out the song in the recording studio, or whatever. Exactly, it has that kind of feeling to it. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's just like the relaxed Australiana of the Foves, just like yeah. that kind of really not ochre, but just like Australian feeling of like this is this this song couldn't have come from any other place. Yeah. That has that feeling of just so Australian. And you could believe that the title came before anything else as well. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, because yeah. it's such a good title. That's a really good title. In, I guess in a way it just speaks to the, what people find enjoyable, but like it's the kind of title now that you could definitely see being like a listicle online. Like it's a BuzzFeed heading or like it's, yeah. a, it's a Twitter bot. Well, it's just a really, it's a, it's a far more imaginative and catchy way of saying I like dogs. Yeah, dogs, exactly. Dogs yeah, are yeah. good. Like, yeah. And also I just, when we're looking at the lyrics, like, yeah, sure. There's stream of consciousness, but sorry, still tame, still wild. <laughs> still somehow civilized is actually a fucking beautiful poetic yeah. way to describe yes, a dog absolutely. yeah surprisingly i like i heard that i was like if someone put that in like a, a poem yeah about, <laughs> no, but they were totally like, right just like, yeah, like a, a poem like yeah really poetic yeah. beautiful way to describe a pet like yeah. i'm really into that just a really good boy yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this, do- this this song is a good boy of a yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. Good boy. I was I was immediately struck as well, just how different, particularly the vocal performances to self abuser. Mm. Self abuser yeah. is such this like really sort of <laughs> smooth, cool rock vocals. Like it's still you can tell it's, it's the same guy. You can, yeah, you can, yeah, but, like, but it's yeah. very different mode. This like. The performance of this song lives in a world much closer to like custard and yeah, super custardy and mm. primus as well. Particularly yeah. with that, we're saying is drop C tuning. Yeah, that's right. Like that that's kind of insane. Because like drop C for people who don't know it, for, uh, don't play guitar that much. But that's like reserved for like your new metal kind of yeah, stuff. Mostly, you know? uh, yeah, mostly. Um, yeah, more like metalcore stuff. <laughs> It's, it's not the kind of uh, tuning that one would normally find in this kind of music, but mm. like it works well because it fucking chugs along so so <laughs> it well. Does. Yeah, like, like it, yeah, it sounds so sick. And I'll tell you what else sounds fucking sick with the whole thing: the violin. I, ha- what? I 
Is this a not? Please oh don't God. tell me there's another hidden fiddle do you, here. Do you know what violin sounds like, Adam? Or... <laughs> you think it's I like don't. a brass instrument? And you're like, this isn't scar. There's no violin here. <laughs> I just maybe just whatever it is I'm listening to stuff on, it just doesn't pick up whatever frequency the violins. Are. I've got like I'm very not crazy. Specific there is violin in this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, there's absolutely violin in this song. I didn't yeah. hear it. That's, that's my problem. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm colorblind. I can kind of. <laughs> oh I my god! What you're going I just realized violin the violin down. must be like a dog whistle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can only hear it at a certain certain frequency. <laughs> I listened. I listened to uh, like uh, Bach the other day. It's just like I don't. Sounds like nothing to me. Yeah. <laughs> Add to the band name list: violin deaf. Oh, that's good. 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 That's fucking primo content. <laughs> oh. Much like this song. Is Much primo like this content. song. This is a really fucking fun song. And having this and self abuser like constantly in my head now, like I think this basically confirmed it's gonna be a thing. Like, <laughs> you know, when you're listening to something and then you like start listening heaps and then you're just like, oh, this is gonna be a thing. I think in terms of even like. Whether they necessarily wrote this to get in the Hosen Hundred and not to be crass about their artistry, but in terms of like a marketing move, calling your song "Dogs the Best People," of course you're going to write that in. Yeah. Oh hell like, yeah! It's yeah. it's fun to junky write. and pedestrian. Wish they were doing things yeah. back in 1996 because oh they would have been all over this. Yeah, because it, it, like, this song is everything. Yeah, the, the 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 it's it's fun to write to write in the like the voting thing. Dogs are the best people. Like that's a fun thing to have voted in for. Like, and I it's get a, it. and it's like we're that's normally a t-shirt too. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> And where normally you'd have the Venn, like you, you wouldn't have a Venn diagram. You'd have a circle that's just like <laughs> people who like rock. But now you actually get the second circle, which is like people who like dogs. And it's just like yeah. you've, you've you hit put two. Them together, you got rock you, dogs. <laughs> you actually have hit two <laughs> yeah. separate markets. And yeah. you know, like I feel like also maybe there's something in this song that inherently does appeal to dog owners as well, apart from the fact that it's about dogs. Like, well, I guess like yeah. I, haven't, I haven't studied this in terms of like I guess. Like, 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 whenever like people talk about like the like dog people or cat people or whatever, yeah, yeah. Dog, like dog owners, I like by the nature of having a dog, and this is not exclusively because there are obviously people who own their dogs and are uh, insular and quiet and uh, indeed abusive or just shy or whatever. But having a dog and you have to walk them or you're a fuckwit, and <laughs> yeah. Like that makes you be a social person, and that makes you more open to things, and it's more re- and you like a more relaxed, yeah. open thing. And this is a relaxed, open, and inviting song. But also, like just the the idea that goes around dog ownership and dogs is whatever. Like the character of dogs is that kind yeah. of laid back, almost like not non intelligent, but not like intellectual. Yeah, cats seem more dogs intellectual, are, right? Cats are cats are the academics. Yeah, dogs, dogs are, are you know they're in street a street smarts. They're, they're, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, if I think them well, at least. Street cats. which is yeah. yeah so there's something about the character of the song that it kind of it kind of goes along with. Yeah. Do your dogs sleep in bed with you, Adrian? They do. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna even fucking lie. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. Of course they do. So there was never this this the discussion in this song that took place. It was always just like when we first got the first dog, Sterling, and I was very much like read up all about crate training and like <laughs> giving him his own space and you're meant to do that and like I'm reading all about all this thing and then the first night he was really cry and like really whimpering I'm like oh man because it was the runt and we're like oh god like we don't want to wake up the neighbours or be like that annoying yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. so we need to sleep ourselves and then it became like like my partner would have her hand on him to calm him down and then when he was big enough to jump in the bed he was just in the bed and like when yeah. you he- and also like when you heaps heaps sleepy and the dog, dog dog jumps in the bed, and then they're warm and want to cuddle. Like the last thing you're gonna do is like kick them out of the bed. They got it figured yeah. out. Yeah, they know how to game the system. But yeah, they they are the best people. <laughs> <laughs> 
me tell you about the bush. At number 19, they're back once again. This song is called Swallowed. Warm sun, feed me up Loaded up, loathing for a change, and I slip some boil away. Bush at 19 with Swallowed. More gruel! Yeah, baby! <laughs> Please, sir, I want gruel. some more. Oh, Bush. <laughs> this is Krusty Bread imitation gruel. Yeah. This, is, this, is, this is Bush brand imitation grudge. <laughs> yes. Well, that's it. There's the... We can't, we can't say anything else. That's obviously the title of this fucking episode. <laughs> Clocked it. Clocked it once again. Yeah. Nathan Harrison, yeah. you're, a, you're a grunge skeptic. Uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> and and, and a no that's that's yeah. one of the most accurate throws Despite you've done. Despite the fact that you're wearing flannel right now. I know, I know. <laughs> well, it's just, it seemed appropriate. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I'd say even more of a post-grunge skeptic. Mm. <laughs> yes. Maybe, maybe a, actually, no, I'm going to go one further. You're a post-grunge denialist. <laughs> <laughs> Post grunge never happened. Yeah, it never happened. Never happened. It's like That's the good. Holocaust. We went straight from grunge to indie. There was nothing in between. <laughs> nothing. Not a goddamn thing. This doesn't sound like anything to me. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Yeah. I got the nothing problem with the violin. Yeah. <laughs> you, know that, you know that thing where, you, like, when you I'm don't care the about, you're like, oh, playing the world's smallest violin. Like, yeah. you would just not understand that. <laughs> you wouldn't hear it normally. <laughs> yeah. Just there listening to a thousand miles by Vanessa Carlton. Everyone else is like. And Adam's like, yeah, that bit of silence in the song is really <laughs> Bad strange. songwriting. Yeah. <laughs> Why does everyone love this song so much? <laughs> is there a Bach sample that I'm not hearing? <laughs> He's just sitting there listening to ELO. It's just like... It's a living thing. <laughs> What's going on? They're just a pop band. Like this, is, this is just electric light. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my condition is very funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! So, this Anyways. song by Bush. <laughs> <laughs> which you can hear. Yeah, which you can hear. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Swallowed is the lead single from their uh, follow-up album, uh, Razorblade Suitcase. Yeah, jumping the yes. gun here. Like, for two <laughs> CDs in the one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Really- We've yeah. had that before. We talked about that last... We have. I can't remember where, but we've definitely... Well, the question came up and was saying, has, has it ever happened? And here we are. And yeah. It's actually happened. Yeah. So, so the, just, it's just easy to say Bush weren't original in this then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, following on from the obviously very, very successful 16 Stone. I feel like, you know, a lot of bands, you get to your sophomore album and, uh, you know, there are a few different choices you can make in terms of direction and some bands, you know, sort of double down on what they're doing. Some bands veer wildly and push it in a crazy new direction. Some bands go to the lab and take what they did and distill it as much as they possibly can. This mm. is just like this is like how much more bush could it be? None. None. None, none, more, none bush. more bush. Yeah. None more bush. It's just like from from the first line that just like stripped back hyper emotional <laughs> 
And then, you know, the chorus just kicks in so hard. I don't even know how to, like, I feel like being mad at it is as silly as enjoying it. Like, (laughs) it's playing everyone for a fool, no matter what. Playing you like a fiddle. Hey, you were, I can't. Um, no context what? for that saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, just completely exactly. silent. Absence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think like last time we spoke about Bush and we said like that their grunge by the numbers like thing worked really well um, for um, Come Down. down. Yeah. And this so this sounds immaculate. Obviously, like it sounds exactly how it's meant to sound. But like the in the in terms of songwriting, it's just so obviously like the by the numbers thing but the the other side of the coin compared to come down which like yeah and it, it does that exact same thing like the look in the chorus in come down where he's like oh, i want to come back down or whatever and then like that's the heavy drop and there's the heavy drop in this as well there's the exact the same ideas are exactly in play but it's just like it just crappier like it's just like, it's, <laughs> it, it, it just sounds kind of crappy you but, know like this song out of all of the Bush songs has reminded me most of live. Yeah. Like, Oof. particularly just the verse chorus dynamic, like lightning crashes kind of, mm. you know, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. I say that not meaning to reflect well on any party involved. <laughs> like, you know, I've... Excuse I've... me? <laughs> <laughs> this song in particular, I feel like, because this was like, as much as I have, like, been... Ha- have memed Bush very heavily over these seasons. Um, <laughs> it's multiple seasons I've been doing it. <laughs> yeah. um, this... I, know, like, I had 16 stone in the house my parents had it or whatever. I didn't go out and purchase it as a kid. Um, and then uh, we never got Razor Blade Suitcase, but I had the singles, obviously, and it was yeah. like uh, like there was Rage and video hits coverage and stuff. Like, I, I even knew then, I'm like, even he- hearing these second songs, I'm like, oh, it's weird that these aren't good. Like, I, I, used, I, I, <laughs> I liked them, but like, it's the same band. Like, not having the critical faculties to be like, artists can make multiple outputs and they're very <laughs> and that's the benefit of like an artistic creation that's a kind of beautiful not, thing yeah yeah. Um, but like as a kid I didn't understand that I'm just like but Bush were good this is not what the hell happened like I, I was just <laughs> con- like a bit confused like this, these are the same guys who did Glycerine which oh boy we're talking about soon and um, how um, <laughs> yeah and just like I, yeah, I didn't understand and like now looking back on it I'm just like I still don't know what the difference is in the songwriting because it does the exact same checkbox yeah, yeah, as I, Come Down which we all agreed for what it is it does it incredibly well and that's this, all fucking slow yeah, I'm still into that song. And the, but like, but what about this song? Like, I love it. Oh I'm right, it. okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I, I don't think it's right. Maybe I yeah. can't see the forest for the bush. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are a couple of weird songwriting choices that I maybe wouldn't have gone with. Like in the second verse, where the drums drop out entirely, it's just Gav and bass. And then, like, a little bit of guitar, and then the full band kicks in. You know that was Gav. That's got to be Gav's decision, right? He's going to be no like, idea. no, it's just me and the bass. Yeah. Gavin, please. But he's not the bass player. <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> Gavin bass was the worst 90s electro <laughs> drummer. <laughs> Reading about the critical reception for Razorblade Suitcase that came through at the time is very interesting. Um, How was it received? I'm well, assuming that it was absolutely shit-canned. Well, what I love is that it was both praised and derided for being too similar to Nirvana. So, mm. like, yeah, it's you like, can't the, win. <laughs> it's like, that's the thing, right? But it's like, it's, yeah. it's in, the, in the same Why way that... it sound more like Nirvana? When, like, when, when we've had discussions, and yeah. like, it's like last week when we spoke about um, Santa Monica, you and I, Adam, approached that with the exact same criticism, and I liked it and you didn't. Mm-hmm. But we both interpreted it in the exact same way. Yeah. Like, yep. and the, I guess... Like, that's the same way with this Bush reception, I guess. Yeah, I guess it was. But, like, the thing about it was that not all songs were this, as Nathan so beautifully put it, the distilled kind of grunge Nirvana takeoff that that we see in action here. Some songs were just kind of like, um, 
what what's this? And because like mm. people had only known Bush as a band that kind of sounded heaps like Nirvana, when they didn't, it really threw people, and they were just <laughs> like, "Who are you?" Like because they because they kind of offered nothing. Like it was just a. Just three violin. minutes of violence. <laughs> so, so what, what, what was it. the other sounds on the record? That I don't weren't you, jazz. I, listened to. <laughs> I have not listened to it. No, that's fair. <laughs> that's I mean, okay. delved into I'm going, going to. to. Please. No. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty rough for the band, though, you know, like to sort of have this huge success as like a stylistic imitation of a very successful yeah. band and then be trying to branch out and everything that doesn't sound like that, everyone's like, What's this? This isn't not 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 interested. And, There's nothing here. And the final irony is that that is what this song is written about. It's about Mr. Rossdale reflecting upon being overwhelmed with the success and what people hold Bush up to be. Huh. And I can only imagine that part of that is the stylistic thing that they're playing with, and you know, like the idea of being swallowed. That's what the song's about. So fuck! I wish this was a video podcast. Sometimes I'm just fucking watching, fucking Nathan over here basically become the embodiment of the smiley face upside down on fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but it's weirdly self-aware, right? Like you wouldn't imagine that it it, it should be that have it in them. Yeah, that's kind of like it's, it's weird. It's I weird. think it's it's like it's tragic to think that Bush was self-aware. It's like <laughs> it's like in. Re- in Rick and Morty, when that robot that passes the butter, it's like, yeah. what else do I do? It's like, that's it. It's like, oh my God. What is my purpose? You pass butter. Oh my God. That's that's Bush. <laughs> They're like, here, try these new songs. Don't you like that? And everyone's like, no. And then like, oh my God. Bush, pass the butter. We're just, yeah. Please, just give us Say glycerin line, again. Kid. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at number 18... It's Powderfinger. I'm getting used to saying at number something. It's Powderfinger. Because <laughs> I'm going to be saying it a lot. Uh, this is D A F. a song called D.A.F., which is from the Double Allergic album, and it came in at number 18 in the 1996 Hottest 100. It's just not a D.A.F., it's like, D is fuck. D is fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're all aware aware of of what it means, but uh, so just to clarify, D.A.F. is the chord progression used in this song. I don't have a guitar app on my phone, but I do have a pan flute app on my phone, so I'm going to show you how this works. Of course you do. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, of course you do. Do I have an F? Yeah, I do. So, D. Oh, hang on. Zero stars on iTunes. Do not not get this pan flute app. Worst pan flute app available. I've tried them all. I've tried. So that's D. So it goes... Which is a weird chord progression. 
I'm so curious what else you have lurking on your phone. <laughs> if, you, if you have readily ready access to pan flutes, like yeah. what, what else do you have on there? I have a sitar. <laughs> great. I'll hear your uh, mobile phone Matar cover <laughs> very soon. That's very great. <laughs> so fucking weird hey because like it because fucking sitars are like microtonal or whatever so like depending on where you strum it like it like it kind of bends the notes slightly oh good app five stars so it's like (laughs) (laughs) and you can like bend the notes a bit like i actually kind of want that app (laughs) oh that doesn't sound very good oh that's better hmm yeah, like it's just this crazy like microtonal rage thing. <laughs> it's it's it, and it's so annoying. Like it, like I'll just play it to just piss my brother off. Sometimes it's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. DAF yeah. is a really interesting chord progression because it doesn't resolve. You guys would be aware of four chord songs as as uh, popularized uh, in our generation by the Axis of Awesome. Uh, songs like Don't Stop Believing. Uh, uh, songs like Damn It by Blink-182, songs like Scar by Missy Higgins, um, that, yeah, usually use C, G, A minor, F major, or a variant on that, um, like that in different keys. But with this, to resolve properly, it would go to D's relative major, which is G. But to take it down to F means you never quite feel at home like there's not really a home key, yeah. like, and yeah, I, yeah. that's why I I find this song really interesting. Having D A F as your chord progression is it's an odd one, and so to kind of work a melody around that is really really interesting. And I think Bernard handles it really really well. Like I, I like the way it sounds. I don't think this is a song that's anyone's favorite Powderfinger song, but I could believe it could be. I remember like when I first got the best of this yeah. was one that really stood out for yeah, me. Yeah, because mm. it's a Probably really interesting it doesn't, track. It doesn't it's sound really like anything song. else. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't sound like anything else Powderfinger have done, and it's it's like a really good look at the way they work as a band. It's a cool like representation of their dynamic and. The fact that it it is like an odd, un, like uneasy kind of progression that doesn't mm. resolve uh, makes it an interesting composition. Yeah, I really, really like the way this is put together. And uh, I think that it's reflective of what they were trying to do at the time. They were trying to be something bigger than themselves. They were trying to be like, okay, well, we were, you know, those long-haired grunge dudes that were just basically in that wave of just, you know, long hair and just thrashing about and stuff like that. What can we do if we, like, I don't know, not not be more sensible or more accessible or anything like that, but what if we, you know, try and find new ways around this kind of music that we're trying to make? And, and like, in terms of Double Allergic, it results in some of their best music, like, ever, that they ever made. There's obviously uh, a varying degree of uh, different opinions and relationships in relation to basically uh, the band I'm now dubbing the hottest 100 house band. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, be interested on some uh, D A F T H O U T H T fucking whatever. You know what I'm yes. saying? Thoughts? <laughs> yeah, words I, are good. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting you breaking down the construction. Yeah. Because it's nice to kind of know the working of it because all you really hear is like that sense of tension. I, I kind of hate when people overuse the term epic, but there is an epic sense to this yeah, song. Yeah. Like the way, even like the chorus, you know, golden rays of light coming down from above and, you know, like from other places that we can't see. Is this about aliens? I kind of feel like it's Probably. about aliens. <laughs> 
Maybe. Yeah. I get I get a bit of an aliens or at least beings not of this realm vibe. Yeah, there's well, something going on on this. That side. alien feel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. But you know, like that's all it's all huge and there's such a huge sense of space. And I think that's also created through like the um the the guitar effect that they're using at the time and whatever. And it's cool, and I think it doesn't actually sound like any other Powderfinger song or many other rock songs. Hmm. It's a like I can't really think of anything that again. It's using that Powderfinger pedestrian is too uh, derogatory a term, but the pace yeah. again, it's kind of sitting in that middle ground, and they're leaning into it and making it work really well. And it actually that that pace is kind of before it not being too slow, not being too fast. It's another thing that helps set up that tension. I kind of hate that it's called DAF. Like I, oh, it's not a good name. No, they've, I, they've owned up to that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. They're I very like, like we were dumb. We should not have called the song that. I really yeah, like it's one hundred percent a working title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's not like when Aphex Twin releases like the the actual file names of which For really that really communicates something yeah. beautiful yeah. in in terms of like his aesthetic when he does that. For me, yeah. it's like whenever a rock band just does something like that without finishing, it's like you just haven't put in the effort. And yeah. It's, yeah. it's cool that they own up to that and whatever. And I also like that uh, recovery. The uh, famous music show in Australia uh, had a competition being like, what does DAF stand for? And the winner was like, uh, D- Dylan something or other farts, apparently, because Dylan was the host of Recovery. Like, well, <laughs> Dylan done, Lewis. well done, Australia. Yeah. You, I don't know what You're the A stands right. for, but all right, <laughs> you did it. Ass. I, I definitely Dylan think, ass farts. I definitely think this Probably. is a more exciting sounding song than most Powderfinger Songs, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, maybe because like I'm not a big Powderfinger guy, but this certainly sounds like something. I'm like, oh right, like I can fathom having heard this and, and then wanting to keep an eye on the band that did it. I can't. I, it's surprisingly high, I think. Like for a song that's like, I think the song is pretty good. I enjoyed it more than I do most Powderfinger songs, but I guess this is just more me feeling a disconnect to the popularity of Powderfinger than anything else. But like, mm. yeah, I think the song gets that job done better than maybe most Powderfinger songs, and it not being. Like somebody with any real like kind of musical knowledge that the finding out that that's why the tension is there like that unresolved chord progression is like I'm like that makes sense that makes perfect mm, yeah, sense yeah, yeah right yeah because yeah. it's it's still housed within a perfectly listenable accessible pop rock song but when they do that kind of when a band does something not super experimental but something that gets non traditional is always welcome I think yeah mm. I kind of felt like almost any band could have written this song I quite like the guitar tone I think Bernald's vocals are quite great. But I, I kind of came away missing, I don't know, we sort of talked to a, like a sort of sense of breadth in, in living type when we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Sure. And there was something different about that song that I really liked as an early Powderfinger song. And I was like, cool, this, I haven't heard this before. Whereas this, this is well done. And I'm not saying it's a bad song, but I was kind of like, yeah, I, I can imagine a handful of bands having written this song or this song being in the countdown by a band that we never heard from again and be like, oh, that's, you know, whatever. That's yeah. fine. There's like, I, I get a little bit of a post-grunge vibe from from the start particularly. Maybe I think that might be helped mm. a lot by the video aesthetic as well, which oh, is, sure. is pretty full on Grunge. with that. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind the song. I think it's it's pretty good. Um, It's fairly solid song. My favorite thing probably is that it was released as a single with a cover of uh, Warumpi Band's Black Fella, White Fella. Black Fella, White Fella. Yeah, it's just fantastic. Yeah, like, one of the best yeah, Australian cool. songs ever written. Absolutely. And the cover's really good too. And it's like, I haven't checked even it out. I'll have to, I'll give as a, a choice, I'm like, you know, fully yeah. behind Powderfinger on that. So and that's I think good. Powderfinger have always kind of been big for the, like the Aboriginal music scene yeah. and, and generally for Aboriginal rights. Like, Bernard's been quite outspoken on quite a few things. Uh, I have memories of that. I can't listen to anything in particular. Again, such a shame we never got to talk about Powderfinger <laughs> again. Yeah. 
Gone too soon. <laughs> Gone way too soon, people. Nathan, what, what are you, what are you doing? Is that, is that day glow in your bag? Oh fuck! The lights have just gone out. I'm glad we've all got this day glow on so we can see each other. <laughs> Otherwise, we might what? need to start but, a fire. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to our hair? Like, do we all have spiky mohawks now? Like, yes. Oh my god, <laughs> dude, come on. What's that song? Fuck, is that fire started by the prodigy? Didn't this come in at number 17 in the Triple J Hottest 100? From 1996? In 1996? It did, it did. Holy shit, can you turn that up? Turn it down, turn it down. So that's that's Prodigy, yeah. Oh, I don't think anyone's coming in. Like, it's completely dark in this studio and we can only see each other through the glow of the day glow. But um, <laughs> just wanted to take a quick break and just, I don't know, talk about talk about rave music. All right, man. no, you're, you're speaking, for this song, you're speaking way too friggin' calm. Like, this, this is Boy, not a song. I'm, I'm on a whole fuck of shit right now. <laughs> like, I'm just, yeah, good. I'm trying good. to keep it together, okay? okay? So don't fucking push me, all right? That's better. All right, full disclosure, Prodigy. Um, it's just, I'm, I'm just going to go off and have a quiet gurn, so just, okay, okay. Yeah, just, just you talk, I'm just going to get this out of my system. Get some water, all right? You know what you need to do. This isn't your first rodeo. So... Prodigy, Fat of the Land, full disclosure, absolutely one of my favorite electronic albums of all time. Absolutely one of my favorite albums from the 90s. Nice. I've been, and even and recently, because I knew that this shit was coming up, I have been bumping it big time and it just delivers as an album. It's just so, so good. And Firestarter, I think, like, is a real apex in the album. And to me, like, when you know that it's coming... The, the the album has this way of like ending each track with a tease almost like it, it just every track kind of goes up in energy and you always feel like because uh, I because I know it well but I don't know it that well I was like is Firestarter next? Oh, that's not, that's okay. Oh, this song's really good too though. And then like oh, is, this, is is Firestarter now? Like that's kind of the 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 vibe you kind of get the dynamics and the way that they keep you interested in what's going on in their music is so so masterfully done like. The classic Prodigy thing is taking a sample and making it impossibly catchy and hooky, but at the same time just communicating so much of the nastiness and the aggression and the power and everything else and the sexiness, really. And and, and even like a sense of the rebelliousness and countercultural uh, kind of feeling that you get with good electro and especially like this kind of really dark techno kind of sound, like... When you are at one with it, like it's almost self mythologizing. I feel mm. like the way it says, like I am the fire starter, as if that's like a big statement, as if you've mm. just de- you've just declared yourself like a superhero, like you're 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 superhuman in that way, which is kind of held by uh, Mr. Uh, Keith Charles Flint mm. and the particular aesthetic that he adopted at this time, 
which was completely out of nowhere. It, it, he like he really put himself as the as the face and image of Prodigy, uh, starring on their most famous singles that came off this album, being Breathe, being Firestarter, being uh, Fuel My Fire, um, and then he also did some work with them with them later. But putting himself as kind of like a front man, which I don't believe that they really had for music from the Jilted Generation mm. as such. Like it was just from what I can gather, he just kind of said to the guys who were in Prodigy before, "Was like I really like your shit." I just want to get on stage and dance to it. And then he, he kind of adopted this this weird persona, which is so perfect for it. Because we kind of talked about how, like, Prodigy are kind of punk. This is punk rock. This yeah. is so fucking yeah, punk Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. When I hear that the British media, when they were dealing with Prodigy at this time, were just very against them, being like, this is bad music for the kids. I'm like, fucking good. Like, that's exactly what you need to say. Like They've always kind of channeled the punk rock ethos in their composition, I think. But it's yep. musically, this is as most explicit as it gets. Like... The way that Flint does his vocals, like with like, they say, oh, I'm the trouble starter, punk and instigator. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fear addicted, danger illustrated. Like, it's just so, it's that pointed apathy that punk rock does so well, but like channeled through 90s ideas of like technological fear and anger and like, yeah, I think this yeah. is like, this is obviously a perfect song. Like, it's so perfect. And like, the fact, it, it, the fact that again, that it was a big hit, we, we talked about this, I guess, when we were discussing the Chemical Brothers um, yeah, the, yeah. the other week. And yeah. That idea that a song that's so heavy and abrasive could be a hit was remarkable, and this I guess this is a bit more accessible in its own way. But well, like, it's, it's, it's still it's poppy in a way, yeah. Like in a but it, but way. it is absolutely like punk in form in every possible way. Like, it's just a, it, it's, it's it's punk. It's a punk song. Like, yeah. it's just that it's punk done by techno heads. You're right with like Flint's persona being this yeah. threatening one with these like mohawks and like the video for this as well like and like in like disused sewers and like he's just like screaming in black and white kind of thing. Like, you can see yeah. why it's an appealing marketing idea for the band. What I didn't know was that the sample is actually from a Breeders song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kim Deal is credited as, as a songwriter because they took um, the sample of her guitar from S.O.S. <laughs> Super cool. I remember um, seeing the video for this on like Rage or whatever, like mm. as a kid, and just being so intimidated by the whole thing. Like, not just <laughs> you things fucked me up more than the prodigy as a yeah, kid. Yeah, right. Oh it's like not just Flint, yes. but just the music as a whole. It was just like as an eight year old, it's like this is not safe. Like this, I'm oh not, no, oh, I shouldn't no. be. Oh no, oh, I shouldn't no, be oh, near no. this. Yeah. So it's wonderful. Great. It's so good. But I and I, I think that's extra special now because like looking back on it, and part of it's just the distance of time. But there's kind of like there's an irony to the menace in Powderfinger's music, uh, Powderfinger in the Prodigy's <laughs> music, also in Powderfinger's. Um, but like I, I don't know, I read I read someone talking about Flint uh, as like an English bulldog bigging up how tough he is, and it's like I think that's a really good reading of Flint. Like yeah. he is tough, but it's definitely it's a lot of bravado, and- a oh, lot it's, of it's bravado. A character. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. exactly. Like exactly. the whole thing is just built on a fucking like cult of personality. Yeah, yeah. You know? But which I mean, is like, great, and it's, it's just like it, it just feels extra nice to have been quite scared by that as a kid. Yeah. When you're like, oh, actually, like I can see what's going on here. I mean, but at that same age, I was fucking terrified of Tism. I'm all the drug because I was just <laughs> <man> in fucking <laughs> Bella Clavas, fucking doing aerobics Oz style, <laughs> but and I- then beating the fuck out of each other. So, like, you know, that's kind of a baptism by fire. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this hits on something really wonderful that music as a whole can kind of do, where like it can it can put a persona on you, or it can put a mask on you at the time that you're listening to it, or the time that you're aligning yourself with it. And at that time, you can escape who you are and enter into this complete other world. And in this in this kind of world as this 
you get all the thrill of this of this dangerous, dark, sexy, yeah. violent kind of underbelly of civilization just through listening to this song. Mm. Like it's all there for you. Like it's communicated so perfectly, and you become the fire starter, and you you, you this subversive fucking supervillain. Well, that's that's what I get from it anyway. And it's yeah. powerful. It's immensely powerful. Yes. I mean, this was. I think. Oh, I'm. I'm. I'm clean now. By the way, I think. I, I, th- I think. I'm. I think I've come down. Uh, I remember this. Yeah, from uh, similar to to Nathan at a very very young age and being fucking terrified because they are a scary looking bunch of motherfuckers. And this was my first proper exposure to, I guess, heavier dance music. I was so excited, but also at the same time completely terrified. I'm just like, am I gonna get in trouble for listening to this? Like, ah, uh, but you can't fucking deny this song when it comes on. Mm. Like, we're, we've all got our shirts off, you know. We've all just <laughs> been grinding up against people. I've fisted like twenty people in the unisex since this started. Like, this is, and it's a fucking good beat to do it to as well. Like, you know, I get a lot of work done. Ooh, oh, the lights just came back on. God, we all look a bit silly, don't we? <laughs> At number 16, it is Babylon Zoo with Spaceman. Some chemic. <laughs> <laughs> This must be a very good song. Yeah. Really interesting. <laughs> oh, man. I hope this keeps up. There's five more minutes of this great song. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Babylon Zoo Goblin. <laughs> Should be like a Damn live you thing. Goblin! Yeah. They start playing the song and then the goblin creeps in. And everyone's like, He's, oh, he's, he's gonna Babylon make the song Zoo. bad! <laughs> and then he does. Yeah. And he's just got like a huge like cartoon like crane. Yeah, yeah. Bad lever in. He like, just, yeah. <laughs> Boo Goblin! Yeah. <laughs> what is it? We're gonna play this fun experimental techno song. What do you think, everybody? Yeah! yeah. Aha! <laughs> 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 
Waluigi time. <laughs> All right. Um, Spaceman, Babylon Zoo, 16, 1996, Triple J, Hottest 100, Cocktees of the Century. <laughs> Let's throw it to the Spaceman himself, the Starman, uh, Mr. Mr. Andrew McDonald. It's so odd that it's so high, right? Yeah. Like, did, did, did people only hear the start of the song and then quickly vote Could in? Could you imagine? And then they're like, oh no, but now the song's changing, but I've already put the letter in the post box. So. <laughs> it's like iTunes, it's like iTunes like, when you've only got the 90 second preview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just because, like, because the remix, there was a remix of it by Arthur Baker, which was basically all the start bit. the start like the whole song but done in the style of the start maybe everyone voted and it's like oh we didn't need to like put in parentheses that we wanted the remix right triple j would know <laughs> they would know that we wouldn't all vote in this version and also it was in a levi's app. yeah yep. this yeah, is really does. important to, to bring yeah. up yeah. obviously like the thing where you only get like 30 seconds anyway yeah, yeah. there's um this is the seventh song to hit number one in the uk after being in a levi's ad yeah it's a hit wow. influences man yeah. the, the levi's bump yeah <laughs> but it and it also became the fastest selling single in the uk in over 30 years since mm. the beatles can't buy me love amazing it's, it was it's, it's so amazing it was like, the beatles this was literally their was only it. hit yeah yeah like, it, it no one knows was. anything about this band apart from their the fucking spaceman band and it's like, like it's, it's like just agreed upon that yeah. it's there's a cocktail. Nobody's just like, man, that's that, that annoying bit of the start, right? Like the, the the top comment on the YouTube video for it is um uh, on the on the Levi's ad rather says, I remember when the disappointment when everybody heard the full song for the first time because yeah. like the first part of it does sound like a pretty cool, fun, oddly electronic kind of like electro rock song, and then it just. Drops into like this, and that hook is great. The hook is great. I mean, the, I mean, like, it would sound terrible if it was slowed down a bit, but it's great. Yeah. But like, like, <laughs> they, like, like the, they clearly know how to write a good bit of music, but then the rest of the song is just so middle of the road, nothing. You know, that I can't even be like, oh, and it sucks. It's just like it's just such one of those songs that we've spoken about where, where we've been like, it's like a six, and like oh, the, they. See, I kind of like the rest of the song. Like, really? I don't, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of get into it. Like, to me, it reminds me very much of In the Meantime, which we talked about earlier on in this countdown. Okay, in yeah. that it's playing with I this... I have made that comparison, but I see where you're coming It's like from. glam rock light. It's yeah. like playing with elements of glam rock, and even yeah, this, the like same kind... it's like glam industrial. It's, yeah. it's the whole genre of, oh, I guess doing David Bowie isn't as easy as it looks. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, I think the chorus is... Is, I mean, like, I don't get in for it seriously. There's a certain amount of detached irony that I have for the song, but that, that I think is the best place to enjoy it. And I actually do enjoy it from that point of view. Like, if you're just kind of like, this is really ridiculous and dumb and a little bit, a little bit kitsch. But I think, like, listening to it now, you think, oh, you know, like, boo-hoo, guys, the rest of the song doesn't sound like the beginning. It, that's all very well in the age of streaming. But, like... People would have gone out and paid money for album, for single. That was the way you accessed music. Yeah. Like, you had to trade your labor. Whole, thinking that the whole song was like that. You know what I mean? And so, like, it's it's led NME to write, there can be few more crushing letdowns in pop than the full single mix of Spaceman. Brutal, but fair. <laughs> see, uh, but, so see, I don't think that the, that the whole is song is that bad. I don't think it's that bad. I think, I think there's fun to be had with it, but... Absolutely not if you want were already setting yourself up for one thing. It's like saying like, Oh, I bet this you know, this bowl of creamy goodness in front of me is ice cream and then going, Oh no, it's just Vegemite <laughs> <laughs> And I like Vegemite. I like Vegemite. Yeah. But not when I But not when I want ice cream. That's like one of those like that that'd be one of those things that like, you know, when like it's like a it's a good prank to pull on people. Is um like it's like can you tell the difference between 
skim light and regular milk with like and it's like yeah all right we'll close your eyes because you'll see the different thickness of the milk in the glass yeah and then you give them like you say, say there's three and the first one it's milk and the second one it's milk and the third one's oj you throw up because like your body's your mind mm. is not ready for those do you things. actually throw up yeah yeah it's like just like well, most people do and it's very funny um or like when my brother um like the, uh, gave my other brother ice cream he's like oh do you want some chocolate thing on it cream. and he's like yeah 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 um like chocolate syrup, syrup. or whatever um, and this this was unintentional because it was in a not labelled bottle that he put barbecue sauce on it. <laughs> no, what? <laughs> so I that, did not know that. See that's that, that very goes, funny. That story goes one of two ways. It either goes like, guys, you wouldn't believe it, <laughs> barbecue sauce and vanilla ice cream. It's amazing, or it's just like that was. He was not very. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh that's the other God. way. That goes. That's wild. So that's this song. Yeah, but what honestly, story, the expectation versus the reality. Like, like barbecue sauce has its place. <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So slow synthy dirges have their place, yeah. <laughs> but we would have to assume that the people who voted this in were voting for this song as it was. Yeah, obviously we, you'd have to I assume guess. because they would have heard it on Triple J first. They would have heard the full thing. So, and for all we know, like the remix might not have even like been released at this mm. time. Like, it's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. I don't know. I, f- I feel like in the age of of like mail in voting and and phone voting. Who knows? It's possible. It's a crazy time. I'm sure someone voted for it thinking it was the other version, you know. Oh, yeah. There there would have been some who did, surely. Who knows? Um, Oh, I guess it depends, like, what Triple J was playing. Like, maybe they were bumping the remix. Um, God, easiest guinea in the world if you're that remix artist. Because the song already contains that bit at the beginning. (laughs) It's like, I guess the remix is just that one bit at the beginning (laughs) that everyone likes. I'll do it. Yeah. (laughs) I I got a spare five minutes, so I can do this. I I, I know how to cut up tape. Yeah, literally just put it on a loop and people (laughs) be into it. Yeah. Oh, oh, cool. I made how much from that? (laughs) Jeez. All right. But you're right. It's it's not terrible. No. Um, And and even in the slowed down version. it It is so strong. Range. Yeah, like the chorus is is kind of fun. I think it's a little bit smothered by like all of the layers of synth going on. Like it's just oh a yeah, bit. and, and yeah. just that well, metal, it- that metal zone like guitar. Yeah. Like, guys, yeah. I don't know Where how you expect to communicate. Metallic, it's yeah. about space well, if true. you don't have synths. That's true. But yeah, it's like. It's just not as good as it's promised. Yeah. I think that the song is not nearly as interesting as the phenomena of having a version of the song that's different <laughs> to the rest of oh, the man, song at the beginning. Could you imagine, like, editing it to, like, where the warp goes down and then when the warp goes up, so... <laughs> that is the genius remix. Yeah. <laughs> that is what you then do. Where you just get teased and it's like, oh, fuck, not again. Oh, shit! We survived! <laughs> It's just so difficult to know what to make of this, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you, it's one of those songs, like where you know, we've we've had this in the past, where we're just genuinely sitting there and being like, "Who is this for?" No, I know who it's for. It's for the same people who, like, in the meantime, kind of me. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but even so- even then, this is a this is a bit too like ministry esque, like you know, to yeah. be a nineties like one hit wonder post grunge like alt rock kind of jam. Like it's just a bit too spacey and a bit too odd and a bit too heavy. I think those are all good points though, potentially in standing out. Yeah, you know? for sure. Because there's because it's certainly a, like there's not a lot even now that really captures the the mm. weird kind of position that this sits in. Yeah. Okay. So the million dollar question for me is this. If you did not have it in your head about the Alvin and the Chipmunks version, do you fuck with it? Yeah, fuck with it. That's too far. I, I, I like. I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's big and dumb. 
but sure. it's but, but it is it, really it, big. I, 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 I just honestly feel like most of this song's like negative connotations are just influenced by the fact of the, what it could tra- have been. Yeah. I'd, I'd fuck with it more for sure. Yeah, people just don't like being catfished. This is a catfish song. Oh like, my god! For me, it's kind of like getting catfish. It's just like the person shows up on the date. It's like, oh, but you're not bad either. <laughs> so, oh, if only I wasn't thinking about. Oh, yeah. no, but but we, can, you know, we can hang out and have, have a great drink, man. That's fine. Like it's like, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you around sometimes. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not actually that mad that you that you lied. Does anyone know anything about this band? This is the final thing. Does anyone know literally anything about this band? Didn't look it up. Yeah. No. Did, Wikipedia was pretty front and centre about them being a one-hit wonder. Like, Babylon Zoo was just like an enigma. Even at the time, I was just like, what the fuck is their deal? Mm-hmm. And, like, no real information out there. I was just like, that's pretty much it. Mm. Well, they uh, there was, in 2005, a bit of a tease towards a new Babylon Zoo album. So oh, very, really? Very timely. Yeah. Very timely. <laughs> like um, a 10-year anniversary of yeah. Space Man. It was supposed to be called uh, Cold Clockwork Doll. Uh, but no official release date was ever announced, and it really doesn't seem like it's going to be happening. But, you know... <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> that is, that is actually That's about, it. about it. That is about it. Go to their website. It's just like, sorry, guys, we missed out on the tour, but we'll see you again in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> we hardly watch knew you. Watch this space. Yeah, watch this space, guys. Update next week. Yeah. <laughs> watch this space, man. <laughs> that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you very much for listening. Before we get out of here, we are going to pick our favourites and our least favourites. I'm assuming Spaceman is going to be least favourite for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Don't uh, assume so fast. No, I, I actually enjoy Bush less to listen to. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And obviously, uh, just to close off on me, um, Firestarter is one of the best songs in this entire countdown. So oh, yeah. So yeah. It's easy, a fucking easy fave. It's a easy fave. Yeah. Shout out to dogs, though, as well. Oh, yeah. For yeah. real. Yeah. You know. Both the animal and the song. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to dogs. Oh, Pretty well, good people. Oh, fuck. I can hear the violins playing us off. Adam can't what? hear it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 on behalf of Miss Adam Bodger. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Nathan Aronson. Yep. And Mr. Andrew McDonald. Yeah. My name's David James Young. Everything is good for dogs. Except Except chocolate. (laughs) 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 And violins. (laughs) Good work, Adam. (laughs) Nice one, Dave. You did alright. Nice one, Dave. (laughs) Do you know what violin sounds like, Adam? Sounds like nothing to me. (laughs) This doesn't sound like anything to me. Why does everyone love this song so much? (laughs) This doesn't sound like anything to me. You would just not understand that. (laughs) You wouldn't hear it normally. (laughs) Sounds like nothing to me. Do you know what violin sounds like, Adam? This doesn't sound like anything. It sounds to like me. nothing to me. <laughs> this doesn't sound like anything to me. This doesn't sound like anything to me. <laughs> yeah, my condition is very funny. <laughs>